The scripture reading is from 1 John 3, 11 to 18. For this is the message that he heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him. Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you, we, would, we know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and he know that no murderer have eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this will's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Eighteenth and last. My little children, let us not love in the word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Can we honour the word of God by saying, Amen. I believe what we have seen and witnessed today in Deacon and Mother Burke is love illustrated. A journey that commenced probably just over 60 years ago where two were joined together as one and have walked through life together, supporting through the ups and the downs. You've been an illustration of love, not just in words, but the way you've lived your life has illustrated love to us and to your family. And again, we are indeed grateful for that example that you have set before us. Love illustrated. We want to look at this today. I'm not going to so much comment on the from verse 11. That is looking at more the negative side of love but I want to pick up in verse 16 that looks at the positive side of love not so much what we shouldn't do as verse 11 through to 15 comments on but what we should do verses 16 through to 18 so let me read verse 16 again it says this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and for our sisters. So if we want to know what real, authentic love is, we have to look at Jesus. Because Jesus illustrates love, the sort of love that we should uh, show and demonstrate towards each other. It's different from what the world in general calls love. And we know in our English language, we kind of have one word for love. And love can mean anything, you know. You can love your car, you can love your dog. You know, that's not the same type of love that we see illustrated here with uh, Deacon and Mother Burke. I believe that the love that they've journeyed together with is the love that Christ has illustrated before us. 
So when we talk about love, we have to be clear what we mean by love. You know, I can, I can love you because you have done something good for me. So the natural thing would be to love you. But this love that Jesus illustrates here is not a love based or conditioned on what we do. But it is in his nature, God's nature, to love us. And the scripture calls us to love one another. And loving is different from liking. The scripture doesn't say you must like one another. It says that you must love one another. Because as I said, I can like you because I like the way you look, or maybe you give me some money, or maybe you did something wonderful for me. So it's only natural for me to like you. And we sometimes connect with people on the basis of, I like that person, I like their persona, I like being around that person. But the scripture is not talking about us liking each other. It's talking about loving, which is a supernatural and a spiritual thing. So I want to look at Jesus' life and some characteristics of how he illustrated love. And the first point I want to raise is that the love of Jesus was without discrimination. It was without discrimination. Jesus loved all kinds of people. He showed love to the rich. He showed love to the poor. He showed, showed love to those who were healthy. He showed love to those who were ill, who were diseased. To his own people that rejected him, the Jews, he showed love. And to the Gentiles, who the Jews in a way scorned. Jesus was not uh, defined by stereotypes of his, of his day in choosing and picking who he would love. He loved everybody equally. And when he saw people, he saw a person for who that person was. Not all the labels put on that individual by society. So he loved without discrimination. So we're looking at the characteristics of how Jesus illustrated love and these characteristics are for us to follow. Secondly, his love was offered freely. The love of Jesus was offered freely. There's a time when Jesus healed a blind man. You'll read of that in the Gospels. And when they asked him, who healed you? The blind man said, I don't even know who healed me. Because Jesus gives his love freely. He didn't hang around to get the credit and take the plaudits and say, well, I was the one that healed him. By the way, my name is Jesus Christ. If anybody asks you, tell them I healed you. He healed the blind man and Jesus was on his way. His love was given freely. Thirdly, his love was filled with compassion. We see Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, crying, showing compassion. And we also see Jesus reaching out to the lepers, to those who were outcasts from society, 
The lepers had to live in a, in a colony, separated from the healthy people. We see Jesus interacting with the demonic man, the man that was uh, possessed by demonic spirits. Again, he was living out, cast out society in the graveyard. The scripture said he was cutting himself. Jesus interacted with this man and was filled with compassion for him. He felt the pain of these people. Fourthly, the love that Jesus illustrated was enduring. Jesus doesn't give up just because we fail. He knows that we are prone to that because we're human. One of the things that really uh, in, the, in the gospel touches my heart every time I read it or think about it is the story of Judas. Judas was about to make a massive, massive mistake. Jesus knew it because it was prophesied in the scripture. Yet when Jesus came to the Last Supper, Jesus could have easily revealed and said, you're the one that's going to be the traitor, you're going to betray me. But Jesus treated him like all the others. Isn't that amazing? Your enemy who's plotting to come and kill you comes to have a meal with you and you still show him love. Even when Jesus turned up to betray Jesus in the garden and kissed him, Jesus calls him friend. That is absolutely remarkable. That's the kind of love that Jesus illustrates. The love that Jesus illustrates was sacrificial. Sacrificial. And John puts a focus on this in this passage of scripture. No greater love is there than for someone to lay down their life for a friend. Don't be fooled. There's a song that says the greatest love of all is to love yourself. That's not the greatest love of all. The greatest love of all is to give your life for another human being. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. And lastly, his love was transforming. When Jesus loved people, they changed. So nobody met Jesus and experiences his love and then leaves his presence the same. Whether it is the Roman centurion that officiated his crucifixion or the thief on the cross who cried out to him to be saved. Whoever met Jesus and experienced his love was transformed. Amen. So this is what as we see before us. The love that we live and the life that we live should illustrate these characteristics of the love of Jesus. And you may want to call this extreme love, God's agape love, unconditional love. Love that is willing to give without any guarantees that there's going to be any return. And I, I, you know, that is just staggering. I find it amazing when you stop and think that Jesus died on the cross for us. He gave his life for us. 
knowing that even after such a great sacrifice, many would still reject him. Men, many would hear the message of his saving grace and say, no, I choose to go my own way. That is true love and that is the greatest love. I want to recount a true story that illustrates this point. On the 2nd of October 2006, it was a dark day for the Amish community of Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. That morning, a local milkman named Charles Carl Roberts barricaded himself into the West Nickel Mine Amish School. He was armed with three guns, knives, and over 600 rounds of ammunition. When police attempted to intervene, less than half an hour later, Roberts opened fire on 11 girls. All of them were less than 14 years old, and he killed five of them. After these brutal attacks, he turned his weapon on himself and committed suicide. It was a dark hour, but as more news became available in the days that followed, a new story began to emerge. One full of courage, faith, and love. According to two of the survivors, when the 13-year-old Marie Fisher began to understand what Charles Carl Roberts intended to do, she made a request. Shoot me first, she said, and leave the other ones loose. As the oldest child in the group, she hoped that her death might somehow spare the other children or provide more time for their rescue. Immediately after her request, Mary's younger sister, Barbie, added one more. Shoot me second, she said. News of the girl's bravery and sacrificial love impacted millions of people across the country after the story broke. But according to Rita Rhodes, a local midwife close to the family of the two girls, their faith also affected their attacker. He asked them to pray for him. Rhodes said, I think that's amazing. He recognized that they had something that he didn't have. Now, none of us knows how in that circumstance we would respond. But what we see here in these two young girls is an act of supernatural love. And it was the love of Christ that was in them. The kind of love that God wants us to have and to exhibit. As I said, this is an extreme example, not an everyday example. We may never be put in that situation. But God still wants us to demonstrate the love of Jesus. And perhaps we can do this 
in practical ways. Let me read 1 John three seventeen to 18. He says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Amen. I believe what God is saying to us this afternoon is that we should not just love through our words. We don't just love through sermons. We don't just love through singing. We don't just love through seminars or training. But we have to get out there and love. We have to demonstrate love to the world. And of course it begins in the house of God, doesn't it? Love starts right at the center where we're at. It begins in our, in our local domestic family situation, in our church family situation. Because how can we love as Jesus loved? If we're at war on the inside, it's it's virtually impossible. And when people come, they will see what's happening. So we have to love sacrificially. We have to get out there and we have to love. It's more important than what we say. What we do is more important. So let's look at some practical applications of love. And we can draw these out from the scripture which I've just read. Love involves giving what we have received. Notice John says, if we have material possessions. So love is practical. Our job is to share with others what God has given to us. And you may notice that in this world, selfishness is the order of the day. Doesn't it say in the scripture that in the last days, perilous times will come. And then what does he say after that? Men will be lovers of themselves. Heady, high-minded, and and so forth. So that's what we see in this time. People becoming more and more selfish. People are looking at how to accumulate, how to get more rather than to share. But love... Love looks to share. Love looks to give. And if God has blessed you, whether that's materially, with, with experience, with knowledge, then we should be looking out to how, how are we going to share that with someone else. Because everything we go through, brethren, is not just for us. I learned this lesson years ago. Everything I do is not just for me. It can't be just for me. Sometimes I do things I don't want to do, but I'm doing it for other people. There's some things I could do without doing. But I'm doing it unselfishly for other people. Amen. So we have to be involved in giving what we have received. And whether that's a positive or negative experience, you know, some of the negative things that we've gone through, maybe years ago, there are people who are walking that walk today. And it's for us to come alongside them to share, look, I I 
can empathise with you. I've walked the walk. I know the pain. I know what it's like. We hear of the passing of loved ones today. Well, I've been there. Because almost four years ago when my mum passed away, that was the closest person to me that I've experienced passing. And they say when it comes to your door, it's different from even a close relative. The emotional ups and downs and all sorts of things that come into your mind, unless you've been there, you can't really tell the story. Which helped me in to console others in a more practical and in a deeper way than before I experienced that. So what we have been given in our experiences, materially, in our education, we are, ought to look to share that with others and help them on the journey. Love involves empathy. We need to notice this, that John says, if you see your brother in need, have pity on him. And not pity as in feeling sorry for the person, but pity in terms of doing something practical to help that person. But John says, if you see your brother in need, that means we should be on the lookout for those who are hurting We should notice other people's pain and not just ignore it. Don't be afraid to engage with other people's suffering, with other people's pain. Because they desperately need your love. They desperately need your support. So we need to notice others who are in pain, who are burdened, who are having Great challenges. See their need and do the best that we can to empathize and come to their support. And then love requires action. Action. Not just to see and recognize people's hurt, but to act on it. One of the best examples of this in the scripture is the parable of the Good Samaritan, who we know was beaten and left for dead. And then the priest, these are religious people, the priest and the Levites were passing by the road where this man was bleeding and dying and they didn't stop to help him. You know, perhaps this priest and Levite has, has done many excellent messages on love. Probably taught Sunday school lessons on love. But they failed in that moment. Because it's not about what we say. It's not even about what we preach. It's what we do. And I'm not saying what we say and what we preach is not important. But I'm saying what we do is more important. What I do, how I live my life in private, is more important than what I do before you. Because God sees everything that we do. You know, there's nothing that we can hide from God. What we do in private is more important than what we portray in public. To the priest and the Levite, those versed in the scripture, who know about the love of God, walk by. Maybe they were late for Bible study or something, I don't know. But they didn't stop. And then a so-called enemy of the Jews 
a Samaritan who they scorned on his way puts aside his business and stops and takes care of this man who's bleeding and dying. We know he takes him to a place of refuge and even pays for his lodging there. People who love do something. Can I say that again? People who love and demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ do something. And I don't know what that something is that you need to do today. For some of us in here, for some of us viewing online, there are some practical things that we need to do. Maybe a friend has failed you and you're disappointed and you're living with that hurt. You need to do something about it. Perhaps you need to seek to forgive that person and restore that relationship. doesn't mean that you're going to be best friends from here on ever after. But it's important that we put things right, that we do things, because there will come a day when we can't. You know, last week I was at the, uh, the Windrush Memorial Service at um, Gloucester Street, and I heard a preacher say there to the bereaved families that perhaps if someone has passed, a relative or friend, and at the passing of that person you weren't on good terms at all, the advice the preacher gave was to get a notepad and write out all the things that have hurt you about that person. And although you can't go and talk to that person again, he advised that you go to the graveside or somewhere similar to that. Dig a hole. Push all those hurts and pains into the ground. Cover it. And say, I forgive. And pray to God and leave that care there. I think that was sound advice. Amen. So I don't know why God's brought that back to me. I never intended to say that. But people who love, do something. If you love, you will do something. If we love and we see people through the eyes of Jesus, we will see people who are in need and we will help them. We can be strong for those who feel weak. People who love do. Sometimes that means listening. Listening. An important uh, virtue uh, to cultivate. Sometimes people receive their healing on and burdening not by what I'm saying to them. Because sometimes I'm at a loss what to say. But can you listen for an hour and a half? Can you just listen for two hours? Because I've found in just listening to people, in them articulating their feeling and where they're at, they bring their own healing to themselves. I don't have to actually say much. But just listening, making time to listen. We demonstrate love by being patient with those who are confused. Sometimes we're too quick to write people off or to ignore them. There's confusion in our world. Have we got patience to be uh, with those who are confused? Demonstrating God's love means 
those who are rejected for whatever reason, we find it in our heart to accept them. Can we be kind to people who are angry? Whether they're angry with us or angry at their circumstances or angry at the world. Sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone and identify with the hurting. And in doing so, we can build bridges between where people are at to a loving Christ who died to save them. God is more concerned about how we love than he is about our polished services and sermons. More important is what we do, how we illustrate, how we demonstrate love. Because that's how the world's going to know that Jesus Christ is God and is Lord of all. So we need to be concerned about our hearts, but we also need to be concerned about our hands and our feet and what we do. Amen? Very quiet in here today. Amen. So love is the way of the real deal Christian. The love I've just been talking about. The love of Jesus. And how he illustrated love is the way. Remember last week, I think it was a week before. I can't remember the last time I spoke. I talked about the way. That's what Christians were called in the book of Acts. They weren't called Christians. They were called people of the way. People that followed the way of Jesus Christ. The love of the way is, the way we love is the way we demonstrate that we are the real deal Christians. So I want to close by saying, let us cultivate and develop a mentality to serve. Serve people. To give to people. To share with people, to show mercy and grace and kindness and to love people who are hurting. As I said, it begins right here. It begins with the people that we know. And sometimes that's the most challenging. You can easily love a stranger sometimes because you don't know anything about them. Sometimes it's hard, it's tough to love those who are close to you because when someone close to you hurts you, you know, that's the... That's the worst kind of pain. Didn't David say that in the scripture? So it was some stranger that put the dagger in my back and was cursing me behind me. Well, I could forgive that person, but it's the brother that me and him walked to church. We sit down together, we sing together. It's that brother that hurt David. So sometimes it's tough. I'm not sweeping this under the carpet because I know... You know, I'm here to preach truth. I'm here to preach reality. Sometimes it is tough. But God gives us grace to demonstrate and illustrate, not in our own strength, but by the grace of God. And who knows that the light that you shine and the love that you share, even with that person who has rejected you, who has hurt you, 
Sometimes you think it's having no impact at all. But you know, the scripture says that love is stronger than death. Love is stronger than death. That's the power of love. When we love, when people hate us, it's like we're heaping coals of fire, the scripture says, on their head. And that love impacts them in a way. How can he or she love me knowing what I've done to them? Well, it's the love of Jesus flowing through us. So we need to develop this mindset and cultivate it and plant seeds of love. Let us illustrate the love that Jesus showed to us and continues to show to us. And indeed, we have a practical example of that love right in our very midst today as we have celebrated 60 years of marriage. Sacrificial love. Amen. Can we be upstanding together? If you're in this sanctuary this afternoon or you're watching this service online you've heard about the illustration of Jesus' love unconditional love towards you without us doing anything you know none of us can contribute to uh, or be deserving of the, the grace and the love of Jesus Christ even for us who are Christians who are saved, it's not because we've done anything good that we deserve the salvation that Jesus offers us. It's not something that we've merited, but it's because God loves us anyway. The scripture says, while we were yet sinners, when we weren't thinking about God, Jesus Christ had already made up his mind to die for us. That tells us it's not based on our our actions and what we do. And it's the greatest love when someone lays down his life for a friend. Today, if you want to uh, experience that love in a deeper dimension, today, if you want to accept Jesus and his sacrificial love, the opportunity is yours. You can do it right where you are in your seat. You can do it right where you are at home. I'll lead you in a a simple prayer and if you so desire, just repeat that prayer with me or after me or if you know how to pray, you can pray in your own words to accept Jesus Christ and his sacrificial love love for you I know this message is not a jump up and run around the church message but I don't speak words of condemnation I speak the truth from the scripture I speak about the love of God which is on offer to all of us today the unconditional love that Jesus demonstrated on the cross when he died for our sins so I'm going to pray firstly for those who would want to take a step of faith putting your hope and your trust 
in the person and works of Jesus Christ. And then I will pray for the congregation, for those who are viewing. Let us bow our heads together in prayer. Lord, your love is amazing. When we stop and think about such love, and the demonstration and illustration of your love, our minds are blown. That you, the mighty God, the creator of the universe, all that there is, you created and you made and sustained with the word of your power. That you would be mindful of us and even send your son, Jesus Christ, who would sacrificially die on a cross for our shame and our sin. What love. We thank you, God, from the bottom of our hearts today. And so, Lord, I pray for any individual in this sanctuary today and for those, Lord, who are hearing this service, who may be watching or listening online. Lord, that they would make it up in their hearts and minds to receive you today. There are no guarantees of tomorrow. All we have is today and this moment. So I pray, God, that you will break any chains of procrastination. And by the blood of Jesus, those who are ready to be saved right now, you will loose them from every sin and every shame, oh God. And that with gladness in their hearts, they will receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ so that they may enter into salvation and be saved right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just say this after me if you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I have done wrong. And Lord, I am sorry. And I choose today to turn from my sin and repent. By faith, I look to you and accept Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for transforming my heart and my life. Fill me with your presence with your spirit as I endeavor to walk with you for the rest of my life. Amen. And so Lord, I pray for us as believers. What a challenge you have laid down to us today to love as you loved. To reach out to those who, not just those who we like, not just those who, Lord, uh, look like us, share our views, but to those who are totally opposite in the way that we think and do things. Just as you did, Lord Jesus, you are calling us to reach out, be your extended hand, not just by what we say, but love does something we need to do. And I pray, Lord, that this 
will begin in our family situations Lord there are there are challenging situations in some families and today I pray Lord that those bondages will be broken in the name of Jesus pent up hate unforgiveness malice in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit and your word that has gone forth may these strongholds be broken now in Jesus name and likewise in our local fellowship in our church we pray Lord for an issue of peace and oneness let let us be on one accord Father because this is the way that your kingdom will be built and established here in the city of Wolverhampton when we love each other as a church as you have loved us and I pray that this word Heavenly Father will fall on good ground let it resonate in hearts and as it comes to my spirit, there are some who are trying to brush this word aside. Our prayer will stick like glue in their minds and in their spirits, Lord, until these situations are resolved by your grace. And even, Lord, as the, the message and the sermon of the deacon Stephen haunted Saul of Tarsus. So let this message of love resound and revolve around in our hearts and minds until it brings us to a place of transformation and loving action and righteous deeds not just in public when everyone's seeing but even in secret in the name of Jesus and for this Lord we just are thankful for your mercy and for your grace because he said who you love you will correct so I take your correction Lord today and we take your correction in the name of Jesus we give thanks to God hallelujah can we bless the Lord in this place hallelujah 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 hallelujah